George Richards, who covers the Florida Panthers for FloridaNow.com, uh, also is formerly of the Athletic and formerly of the Miami Herald, FloridaHockeyNow.com. My apologies on that. George, I know us here in Carolina, we're a smaller market team. We often get overlooked, and I know in the first round, the uh, – National media was all over the Islanders. In the second round, they were all over the Devils. How much disrespect did you all feel as a franchise facing the Bruins and the Maple Leafs in the first round? We can maybe, even though we're opponents, George, we can still maybe relate in some way, shape, or form. Well, listen, I mean, you know, the Florida Panthers are in the Miami-Fort Lauderdale market, so it's a big market, but, you know, the, the Florida Panthers are by no means a big, a big, uh, big market team. I mean, you know, they're – they're kind of down on the totem pole down here. And, you know, their uh, record over the past 20 years is probably the reason why, but they've definitely picked it up of late and the last couple of years have been pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, anytime you're taking on, you know, original six teams, it doesn't really matter if you're the Florida Panthers, Carolina, Pan- uh, Carolina hurricanes or the Dallas stars, right? I mean, you're going to be uh, probably going to be the underdog in, in that, in that. And then, you know, they've just, they're just bigger markets. I mean, they're just bigger hockey markets. It's just the way it is. And um, listen, Florida, Carolina have a little bit of history mm-hmm. back the old Southeast days. And those yeah. are fun times. And I remember going to Raleigh many, many times to cover the Panthers up there. You know, they used to play eight times a season yeah. back then. Um, it was you know nuts back in the day. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's fun to, to, to see Florida and Carolina, especially with all the ties that, you know, the two organizations have. And there are a lot of ties. George Richards, FloridaHockeyNow.com, joining us here in the Houston Automotive Group Hotline. He covers the Florida Panthers. Let's get into those ties. It's still amazing to me that Eric Stahl is still in the NHL at at his age. And just the way he's been able to revitalize his career, even after leaving Carolina, how how vital – a lot of Canes fans – may not know, at least newer ones, may not know the impact he had on, on this organization here because they weren't around, which is totally fine. Sure. But what's the impact that he has had as a veteran presence, someone who's won a Stanley Cup? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's immeasurable, the off-the-ice stuff, right? I mean, Eric Stahl is 38. Um, you know, he's not the player that he was when he was captain of the mm-hmm. Hurricanes or, you know, Four, you know, four years into his career winning the Stanley Cup with the Hurricanes. Um, but, you know, there are still flashes of brilliance, and I think that's what you, you can see Paul Maurice just light up whenever you see those flashes because um, Paul saw it, you know, from day one yeah. when, when uh, Eric Stahl was drafted. And, um, listen, there, there's only a couple guys on this Panther team that have, have been to the Cup Finals, much less won the Cup. Patrick Hornquist isn't playing. He's on long-term injured reserve with a, with a couple concussions. Um, and then you've got Eric, and you've got Eric who's won the cup. And, um, you know, sometimes guys who have been through the battles, guys who have, have, have done it and, and been through it, they can be a calming influence on players who haven't. And, and the Panthers are filled with players who have just not been there. This is as far as any of them have been. Um, and they're kind of learning on the fly and seeing what's going on. That's where Carolina, I think, kind of has an edge. They were there in 2019. They've been to the semifinals in the Eastern Conference the past couple years. Um, For Florida, this is pretty much uh, uncharted Mm -hmm. territory. 
Bill Zito, the GMA, George Paul Leihander with you. Uh, follow George hey, Richards uh, at George Richards on Twitter, FloridaHockeyNow.com. This is a team that the, plan- the Panthers are just a year removed from winning the President's Trophy. So I don't want to underestimate yeah. the Florida Panthers at all. Bill Zito's a genius for keeping this team together and putting them in a position and keeping them moving, even though the inexperience that you talk about has kind of given them kind of an up-and-down season. But they're here now. Yeah, I mean, it would. you had a lot of people, especially down here, panicking. that The Panthers weren't going to make the playoffs and, oh, trade this guy, trade that guy. Um, you know, we heard reports that Sam Reinhart or Sam Bennett was going to be traded. None of that was true. The Panthers, if the Panthers didn't make the playoffs this year, they are looking ahead. The whole reason they traded for Matthew Kachuk was for the future, not necessarily this season. Um, they were never going to panic. And, and, and honestly, the only deal that may have been made at the deadline for Florida, maybe they would have traded defenseman Radko Gudis. Mm-hmm. What were they going to get for him? A third-round pick? A fourth-round pick? For a team that was challenging for a playoff spot, you cannot tell the room, well, we helped ourselves by tra- trading one of your veteran players for a fourth-round pick in 2025. That don't fly. They kept the team together. They made their way into the playoffs. They got hot at the right time. They won six straight games at the end of the year. Pittsburgh definitely helped them out. But this team is built for the future. I mean, you've got everybody on this team of importance is signed for the next two, three, four, five years. So, yeah, I mean, Bill Zito, give him all the credit because he totally retooled, revamped this roster. When he took over in 2020, there's only three players left. Four, if you count Etu Lowe-Sarainen, who, had, who hadn't played for the Panthers yet. So, um, yeah, he changed over this franchise in a big way, and, and, and they're, they're, you know, feeding off the results now. Lowe-Sarainen, former Carolina Hurricane prospect, yeah. actually played a few games up here with the Carolina Hurricanes. It's amazing, George, that the two teams in the Eastern Conference Final are the ones who made the least amount of moves at the trade deadline. You talk about teams built for the future and not giving up, you know, current players on the roster for future assets or trading future assets for right now, the two teams that didn't make a lot of moves are the ones that are still in it. Yeah. And, and, and the, and the, the Panthers would have loved to make moves. Let's not kid ourselves. They would have loved to make some moves. Carolina probably would have as well. Florida didn't have any draft capital to trade number one. And even if they did, they didn't have any cap space to do it, to do anything with. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they kept things as it was, like you said, last year, this team won the president's trophy and they went all in, right? Florida were the headliners of the 2022 NHL trade deadline. They got Claude Giroux. They got Ben Sherratt. Uh, they traded, you know, for a couple other guys. I mean, you know, they went all in. Um, and it didn't work out in the playoffs. And, and this year they just didn't have that kind of capital to deal with. Um, and they just said, hey, we like our team. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they make the playoffs. If they don't, we'll move on. If they do, let them run. And, and that's what they did. Now, Carolina made a couple little moves before the deadline, and, and it's worked out there too. So it's, yeah, um, sometimes going all in doesn't work. But I think when you're in that position, you kind of got to go for it. George Richards, give him a follow on Twitter, at George Richards. Thanks for the insight on the Florida Panthers. We'll see you up here in Raleigh. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you. George Richards, FloridaHockeyNow.com, joining us here in the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Hey, you bring up a good point about they stayed the course. They easily could have, Paul, 
the Florida Panthers just traded off a bunch of guys. But here they are in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the biggest move they made was in the offseason because they went and got Matthew Kachuk, who the son of Keith Kachuk, uh, brother of Brady Kachuk, who plays for the Ottawa Senators, and a young player, 23 years old now, put up over 100 points this season. He's not afraid of the physical stuff. He's, he's special, if, if Andre Sveshnikov put up 100 points, is essentially what Matthew Kachuk is. Yeah, under undeniable. And Paul Maurice, in his first year as the head coach of the Florida Panthers, yeah. taking over what was a kind of a tumultuous offseason with interim, interim coaches and things like that, mm-hmm. bringing this team together, uh, he is the epitome. If you could like tell chat GPT or AI to draw you the picture of what a professional hockey coach looks like, yeah, Paul Maurice's picture would pop in front of you. Like he is, I'm not saying he's a generic coach, but he looks like an ice hockey coach. He absolutely would be a guy who's sitting behind the bench, making sure that the Florida Panthers are going to come up here and be ready. Don't don't underestimate the team. The team that the team that Canes fans saw in that last game, yeah, on the road. We were all sitting in bars and watched them get that win at the end of the season. Game 82, right? Which was kind of a make or break. Think about it. If if the Canes had you know finished that game in a much different way, this is a much different Panthers team. Yeah, they're much more hungry and they're hot, as they say, at the right time. I also think Carolina's hot at the right time. This is this is going to be a fascinating series. It, just, it would not shock me if we have a game seven at PNC. Well, we are the north. We are the northern team. That's true. We, we are. Actually. We are the great it's white. A, we're the great ama- white north team. It's amazing that Raleigh's the most northern team left in the playoffs, and includes Vegas. There you go. The more you know. The more you know. Panthers minicamp stake in place. Oh, goodness. Football never ends. Exactly. Never ends. It never ends. It's the year-round cycle of the NFL, and apparently everyone is impressed, from our understanding, with Bryce Young. Even the veteran coaches, the veteran players, everyone seems to love this guy. Why? Because apparently he has – I guess everyone's blown away by his skill set, what he mentally can do just in terms of processing plays, knowing the playbook, all those things right now. And it's also impressive the after fact like that the three, dude's 5'10". After three days, exactly. we're able to make that judgment Oof. that we love him that much. Hey, you know what? If we, after three days, can sit there and say, that dude stinks, why can't we say this guy's great? <sighs> why can't we? Why can't we, Paul? <sighs> Man, judge book by cover. Open up. Okay, I get it. 72 hours into this, we all love him. Like, he said well, all the course. right things, makes all the right throws. We see the potential. But... Give me him after four games and see how much love is out there. Okay. Or if there's a ton of criticism. He has how much chemistry with his receivers at this point? All of it. Bryce Young? All of it, no, apparently. No, no, no. All no, of no. it. No. I'm, I'm, listen, believe the hype. Drink the, drink the Kool-Aid, whatever it is the kids say these days. Um, but rushing to judgment. This is where dreams get dashed mm-hmm. at the beach. Okay. You know, what I'm saying is when you walk down the beach, you see somebody attractive and you're like, wow, that looks, it's a beautiful sunset. And you see in the distance and the silhouette casts and whatnot. And you start walking up to that silhouette. The closer you get, you're like, okay, I'm thinking about it. And then when you get up to the silhouette, it's just a beach umbrella that's left been, then left behind. No. I'm just, let's just kind of have a little bit more of a long term vision on how much we have to love up on him. But initial reactions, you got to build them up, right? Frank yeah. Reich, Scott Fitterer. Got to build them up. Got to build the fans up. Make it happen. Bryce Young, the next great thing. Big savior, next big thing. You know what? I, I will swallow the cynicism that I have right now okay. for number one draft picks. Having gone to a school 
at the University of Oregon, which oh, is the capital of backup professional quarterbacks. That's true. Outside of Justin Herbert, we, we have the market cornered on backup quarterbacks. Okay. Kellen Clemens, A.J. Feely. Dennis Dixon. Dennis Dixon. Joey um, Harrington. Joey Harrington. See, listen, you, even, you don't even have to think about it. Exactly. It's already part of the culture. And we have the corner on CFL quarterbacks. Like, everybody who's gone through Oregon is now a CFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of Kellen Clemens. But does anybody remember Akili Smith? I do. Akili Smith. I worked on his Heisman Trophy campaign. Did you really? Yes. Oh, gosh. Yes, I did. How'd that go? This is how long ago that this It wasn't even that long ago. But Akili Smith, who's a great guy, by the way. Super great guy. Number one draft choice, right? By the... Cincinnati Bengals, mm-hmm. who have done better since then, obviously, since they've settled on Joe Burrow. Settled, sorry, didn't mean settled. Anointed, blessed yes, with Joe Burrow. Akili Smith is that guy with the hype and the arm. I watched the dude uncork a 70-yard touchdown pass in a ball game to former NFLer Pat Johnson, who played with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Ridiculous throw. Like, no business. First play of that ball game. Like, you couldn't come down off that high. And we were in Las Vegas. We couldn't come down off that high. <laughs> it was an amazing play. But I've seen this play out before. Okay. And so let us let me get into the season before I really get excited about Bryce Young. So why do you hate Bryce Young? <laughs> I don't hate Bryce I, everything Young. Everything you telling me right now I don't is you hate, hate him. I don't hate Bryce okay. Young. I'm saying let's get into the season and see how, how it all works out. It practice, there are wonderful practice players. I coach Little League kids. I'm not, I'm not saying Bryce Young's Little League kids. But there are kids that are some practice players, and there are kids, and there are there are some who are practice players, and there are some who deliver in the games, and some do both. All right. Well, David Newton, ESPN Panthers reporter on Bryce Young, showing complete command in rookie meeting camp. He made everything he did look easy out on the practice field. Frank Wright calls that low RPM mode. So while what he means by that is while everything's happening fast around Bryce Young, he slows it down in his mind where he can make it look easy. From rolling around in the pocket to moving in and out to throwing passes from all different angles, he made everything look easy out there. Second round pick, Jonathan Mingo said that he had complete control of the huddle. That Going in and out, he made everyone feel relaxed. In fact, Frank Reich said he had complete command of everything out there. I thought the funniest thing was from one of Austin Prohl, a former uh, wide receiver's son that played for here. He said that he was the smartest dude in the huddle he's ever been around. So everything that Bryce Young did this past few days made it look like he could be the starting quarterback. The one thing is, he's still listed at number two. When the team got together today, he was the second quarterback behind Andy Dalton. Retire the number now. Just go ahead and retire the number. Put number nine in the ring of honor. Stop. Put it up there now. Stop. I'm for it. We've been down this road before. Have we? I've seen it. Okay. I've been there. Okay. Let's let's The Panthers aren't the Bengals. Sim, let's sim it down the now, kids. Let's sim it down. Okay. Now. Well he's the practice is one thing. It's slowing things down against guys you've seen play and will see play throughout the entire preseason. Okay. We've all watched hard knocks, right? Yeah. Hard knocks gets real when they start scrimmaging other teams. True. Let's bring in another team. Let's bring in another team. Okay. Show me then. Then I will be the first one to take that big plate of crow and sharpen the knife and take a big spoonful of it. Okay. Let's get there first. That's all I'm saying. Let's get there first. You know what? I don't want to be force-fed. What's that? The New York Jets. God, me either. On Black Friday forever. Can't wait to not watch that. 
So the Can't deal wait is to not watch that to catch everybody up. When the big schedule release from the NFL overlords of scheduling came out, his name is Mike North, by the way. Yeah. Uh, when they announced the Black Friday game for Amazon, because Amazon will still be showing games this year, which I actually like. I like the Amazon games. I mean, it forces me to shop for things, but I watch games yeah. on Amazon. I mean, like, I do. It's the presentation good, it's a, is really yeah, good. It's a slick broadcast. It really is. I love the advanced numbers and things like that. Those are pretty cool to watch. But what I'm having trouble with is the idea, first of all, that they're not that they're doing a Black Friday game, and that the choice was Miami and the Jets. I'll, I'll get. I can. I can accept that as an NFL fan, as someone who loves professional football, college football. I love football. I love that one. What I do not enjoy is the idea that we would have to endure the Jets every Black Friday from here until that deal runs up with Amazon. Do they really want to do that? That is that is what North said that the Jets are really campaigning for them to be the permanent Black Friday team. So basically what the the Detroit Lions are on Thanksgiving. Yeah. We would just get the Jets. I'm assuming they probably want that to be a home game, is my guess, every year. I would suppose kind of like the, kinda like kinda the like Lions. The Lions, and we get the Cowboys force-fed to us, too, on Thanksgiving. Occasionally, yeah. But it's, you know. <laughs> I, at, at least with the Lions, at least back in the 90s when I was growing up, at least I knew on Thanksgiving, even though that team stunk, I got to watch Barry Sanders, their former running yeah, back, play. That, that was the thing. That was the gift of Thanksgiving. It's like, you know the Lions are going to lose probably to the Green Bay Packers or the Vikings or somebody like that, but I got to watch Barry Sanders play football. I'm bracing myself on this table right now yeah. for that release or that notification that the New York Jets will be firmly installed on the day after Thanksgiving for NFL football. Can't wait to I not think watch. What a miss that would be. Yeah. And there are other teams that want to be part of it, too. Like, apparently the Bengals also said, hey, you know, we do have a really good quarterback that's not 39 years old. Yes. And can be sustainable as long as we keep him upright and shore up the offensive line. But they want a part of it, too. Jets fans, I love you. Tony, love you. My man, the dean of Las Vegas, who could be listening right now, maybe not, but big Jets fan. He would swallow this whole, like, love it. Like, he wouldn't even chew. It would just be swallowed. Yes, absolutely. But I'm like, for football fans, I'm like, I got something else going on. And if they aren't in contention at that point in the year, yeah. that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if they're the permanent fixture nope. that day, count me out. I'm going to go find whatever retailer that's still surviving at that point and go wait in line. Yeah. I just This year, I understand the machine is working. The Aaron Rodgers machine is working. Robert Sala, who I respect as a coach. As a human being, did great things with the 49ers, turning the Jets around. I don't quite understand the whole Zach Wilson thing still, uh, but they're finding guys to surround Rodgers, and I get it. This is the year, right? I mean, it's New York, yes. biggest market. NFL's got to swallow this one, got to make this happen. But do not make the grand mistake, NFL, of leaving the New York Jets on the day after Thanksgiving permanently. Let them have it this year. I'm okay with that. But if it comes up next year, I'll call it a fluke. A year after that, Damn conspiracy. No. No, 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 no. Anybody else. At least maybe it's maybe it's Seattle, at least it's the headquarters for Amazon. <laughs> yeah, there is that. I would, I would that take, there is that. I would take that. I would say I, if Bezos had if Bezos had actually bought the commanders, I know he was apparently in contention for that. Right. They would have the commanders on there every year. Still. Man, just no more no more fixed games. I'm the Lions we're we're enduring with, the Cowboys we're enduring with. I like the Cowboys. Sorry. Sorry, all you Commanders fans out there, if you are Commanders fans. 
if that's a thing. Cowboys fan. It's it's okay. It's all coming together now. It's it okay. Sense. We just we just keep leaning in on it. God, okay. It's what it is. I mean, we all make choices. We do. We have choices to end this as well.